Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigSceneDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of sports yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. Hey, everyone. My name is Asher Roddy. And this is Tyler Whipple. Welcome to Talking Two-Tone. We're thrilled to bring you a new and thought-provoking podcast that talks all things Tennessee Titans. Go ahead and reserve your ticket now. It's going to be an incredible journey. Tighten up. All right, guys. Welcome back to another edition of Talking Two-Tone. I'm Tyler Whipple. I'm joined by my good friend and wonderful co-host, Asher Roddy. We've got uh, some things to talk about this week. It's time stuff, but we did have a little bit of a change in pace this week as well. We we had so much fun talking about the Peaky Blinders last week that uh, we got a good little surprise that you guys will probably really enjoy hearing. We got a guy who's really knows the stuff in the the film and media coming in, so um, we'll get into that later. But first, Asher, uh, let's get right into it, man. Um, we want to talk about our expectations versus reality for this year, this Titans team. What is your expectations versus what you think reality will be? I think that the – like that. First of all, it's great to be back. Always great to be back talking talk, talking Titans and just talking shit with Tyler. Shooting the shit's always a great time. But I think, like, overall for this Titans team, my expectations are, you know, as a fan – you got to win at least 12 games. You won 12 last year. You got to win at least 12 this year. Um, with that being said, reality-wise, we've got a rookie wide receiver who's stepping into, you know, wide receiver one role or that expectation. You've got Robert Woods coming off of a torn ACL. You've got Derrick Henry coming back who's got doubters. You've got Jeffrey Simmons, you know, who's a monster, who is ascending to the one to becoming one of the top interior defensive linemen in the NFL, if not number two already. You've got Kevin Byard, who is an all pro and the best safety in the league. It's not even close. Please don't argue with me. It's not even close. Um, you've got you've got a young DB secondary. The defense is going to have. My reality is the defense is going to have to carry this team. I think the defense is going to have to carry this team, unless Todd Downing has somehow, for the love of God, found a way to be more creative with his play calling and hopefully O'Hara can help him with that. But, you know, it, it, my, my reality is I can easily see this team barely winning 10 games, which is, you know, it's kind of spoiled to say that after eight and eight, eight and eight, eight and eight, but I could see this team winning 10 games and I could also see this team winning 13 games. I, I don't know. It just depends on how this offense, there's so many uncertainties on the offensive side of the football, which, you know, is just seems to be like a common theme with the Titans. Like, you know, their defense throughout the history has always been good, but the the offense is always just hit or miss. But yeah, that's well. That's what I, think. I think we They're, got spoiled about the twenty twenty year. Everybody expects the Titans to, to duplicate that twenty twenty season of offense. Now, I, it's a little unrealistic because that that offense was the best, probably. That was the best offense in Tennessee Titans history that year. It was unreal how good that offense was. We had, yeah, we almost had two 1,000 yard receivers. We had a 2,000 yard rusher. No, no, that was the year Derek went for what, 1,800 that year, I think. And then uh, he missed a game that year. Yeah. And then we had uh, Tannehill had like 30 TDs and only like six picks. It was, it was unreal the season they had. He had like 4,000 yards passing or a little right under 4,000, I believe. This year, but we're talking about expectations. The expectations for the Titans this year, in like the grand scheme, if you're talking national media, a lot of teams are still picking us to be number two in the division. They're looking at us being a nine and eight team, ten and seven at best. 
And um, I think I think the Titans are going to be better than that. Uh, people are really, really undervaluing the signing of Tim Kelly and what he can do within the passing game. Um, if you look at the Texans, how much better they got at the end of the year last year in the passing game. Their offensive coordinator, who is Tim Kelly, who is now on our staff, is really going to be in Todd Downing's ear helping. You got to think another thing. Todd Downing is in his second year. He, it's going to be a lot of those bumps and bruises along the way should be cushioned out a little bit. We shouldn't be hitting, you know, full tilt concrete speed bumps. We should be hitting speed cushions at this point, right? I don't know if that's a good analogy or not, but I think I think they really will uh, improve this year. Losing AJ Brown is huge, obviously, but I think the play call will be better. I believe our, we still have the roster to do it because. I believe the, the the tools we have right now are just up to par or maybe even a slight bit better than we had last year. Because Julio Jones was never in the field. Our tight end room was horrible. Our tight end room is upgraded from an F to at least a B, I would say. Our wide receiver room has devalued, of course. Yeah, We probably went from a B-plus to a C-minus. But our quarterback's going to be in a better position this year. I believe our offensive line will be a little better in the pass protection game. And of course, we're always going to run the ball downhill and play really well there. So I think I think we're going to win eleven games again. I think we're going to win the division. That's my reality. Yeah, I mean, I could see it. I could see anything realistically. I could see Tennessee going off, you know, just pissed off like a teenager. You just took away your cell phone. I could see that. See that happening, right? It I feels mean, like two 2000- thousand. It's just that Brown's a little to me. Not known in 2019. And we went to the AFC Championship game. A, Who says Traylon Burks can't play that well? You know? Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, that's what yeah. it feels the like. National media says his, the national media says he can't because of his asthma, which blows my mind. You know, everybody has asthma. Just about almost every – every, just about – you know, a decent amount of players that have asthma are just fine. Jay Cutler played with fucking diabetes. All right. So, you know, that, that's, a, that, that's, yeah, diabetes. Uh, but, you know, the, yeah. And with the piss a piss poor attitude. Yeah, he did. Piss poor attitude. But, you know, that's just the way, the way it is, you know. Um, leading on to the next topic, and you kind of touched on it about the tight end room. Um, uh, I've gone on record numerous times saying that I hate the idea of ever having to carry three tight ends. I hate it. I hate having three tight ends active on every single game day. I hate even having, you know, I understand why you have to have two, but I don't know for the life of me why you have to have three. I could just, I mean, good God. And I swear to God, if the starting tight ends this year are not Austin Hooper and Chig. I am going to have an absolute come apart because Jeff Swain is terrible. Jeff Swain is committing robbery by still being on this team. He is so bad. Like he, he, I understand why you have to have – kind of understand why you have to have Jeff Swain there in case Chig gets hurt. But, God damn it, why would you re-sign him? You know, let him test the free agent market and see how little to no value he brings. And then you sign him on a veteran minimum. You don't yeah. sign him for like a two-year, what was seven million dollar contract or something. We could have kept Anthony Perkser for that, you know. Yeah, I mean, my God, but I am really excited about Chig. I'm excited about Austin Hooper. I think he's literally just, uh, you know, you, you have like quote unquote run blocking tight ends, and then you have quote unquote every down tight ends. I think Austin Hooper is an every down tight end. I do not understand why Jeff Swain was brought in solely as a blocking tight end when he graded out horribly at the position. I think every single game last year, or at least 10 instances, I saw one play where Jeff Swain just absolutely had a horrible attempt at a block, and it caused a, like a big loss. Like, it's like it, I don't know how you can allow that to continue to happen. And also, um, another thing that really has pissed me off lately is that I'm seeing reports that we're going to keep four tight ends, which is going to piss me off even more than having to keep three. The only thing that could have pissed me off more – than keeping three tight ends is keeping four. <laughs> okay, I mean, that's really going to piss me off because you know what that means? That means you have one less offensive lineman depth, you have one less DV depth, and that means you probably don't even have a fucking fullback. 
which basically at that point is the same thing as a blocking tight end. Like it, it just oh if that if there are four tight ends on this fifty three man roster on week I one I am going I will have a fit I will have a I'm already fired up I don't see it happening I'm already fired up it's I think it's I think it's much to do about nothing Asher I think it's much to do about nothing man and uh, I think Tory Carter is going to be on the roster because they really like him and uh, they got rid of blasting games so Tory Carter's that guy. Um, I don't see us having four tight ends. I mean, who is the fourth tight end on this roster? This Jeff Swain. So I don't, I don't see. I don't see that happening. Is it Swain? Who, who's number three after Chi? Oh, Hudson's still in the roster. Tommy Hudson. Yeah, I don't. I really don't see them picking Jeff Swain or Tommy Hudson over Tory Carter, as good as he is in the run game. I just don't see it. So I mean, I could I, be wrong. I mean, the, I, the offense could have a new identity, but we'll see. I would be okay with them having a fourth tight end if it was only named Carter. Like that that would be justified in my opinion. Like if you carried if you carried, you know, or sorry, three. If you carried Chig and Hooper and then you put Jeff Swaim on the practice squad where I think he belongs, and then you put Tory Carter or, or whatever his name is in there as like the third tight end slash fullback, I'm okay with that. I'm good with that. I'm okay with that. But I, the main he's got a neck roll. He's a maniac. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, just got a little neck roll guy. Three tight ends ended in addition to Jeff Swain. But you know that we're kind of okay. kind of getting sidetracked. Yeah, I, I hope not. I hope to God I will have. I will write a letter. I will write a letter, <laughs> a very strongly worded letter. You hear this, Jay Rob? You better ends. not have four tight ends. You better not. I mean, that's just we're coming to Nashville. Stupid. I'm I'll come to Nashville and I won't fucking leave until I see somebody <laughs> in the Titans front office. We're gonna we're gonna pick it outside the. No, no four, four tight ends. Three tight ends max. That's what we're yeah. doing. Three tight ends maximum. Never four. But, you know, transitioning to a topic that I've been – that we've talked about previously, um, but it's kind of – there's a there's kind of like a – you know, I like to make a play on words, you know, a Mexican standoff. I like to call it a Mexicali stand-on. Um, there's kind of a – there's kind of a little chess game going on, I think, with J-Rob versus Vrabel and Jeffrey Simmons right now. I think Vrabel, you know, Vrabel's always been a player's coach. He always will be. He takes care of his players. He rewards them when they do well. He does it when they don't. He lets them know. He holds them accountable. And I think, you know, from what I've been hearing and what I've been reading around Nashville is at least in a mandatory minicamp. Now, keep in mind, this may bear some fruit or it may bear no fruit whatsoever, is that Jeffrey Simmons was out on the field but not practicing, not partaking, he was on a bike somewhere else just doing light jogs, stuff like that. He says he's 100%. He's not hurt. Vrabel did not say he was hurt. Um, and then, you know, you kind of have the Vrabel mindset to where if you're healthy, you practice. He's always been about that. Um, and then you have some peculiar comments that I was reading today while I was at work um, about Jeffrey Simmons saying, that he's healthy. He's good to go. He said he'll be av- – he at first said he will be he will <coughs> practice at training camp, and then he said he will be available at training camp. Kind of backtracked a little bit. And what I'm kind of reading into this is that Jeffrey Simmons had to make $2.2 million on his fourth year of his rookie contract. He doesn't have a contract extension. There are 10 other defensive players that make more money than he does. And um, Vrabel understands that. He understands how valuable Jeffrey Simmons is. He also understood how valuable A.J. Brown was, and he was very pissed off when they had to trade him. So I think Vrabel will is kind of, you know, fueling the fire here of letting Jeffrey Simmons hold out. And that's what I think's happening. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm okay yeah, with I that. mean, it, and that's and – that's, all this is like pure speculation because, of course, Tides are pretty close to and a lot of stuff get out. Like the A.J. Brown trade, crazy. Nobody expected that to come. It's just That's usually what the successful organizations do in the NFL. They're not really loud in the offseason. They let things happen internally, and they don't let stuff leak. So this is all speculation. With the same- we don't let Jefferson's hold down. Jefferson's been to be forever. 
And I mean, it does work out at times. But Taylor Lewan held out on his rookie deal, and he ended up getting the bag. So maybe Jeffrey Simmons does the same thing. And maybe he's just there to, I don't know, to show he's still available at the same time he wants the bag. So I don't, I don't know. I don't really want to read too much into it because it makes me nervous. So <laughs> it, make, uh, it makes me it makes me nervous too. But if I were if let's put ourselves in Jeffrey Simmons' shoes, I would one hundred percent hold out if I were him. One hundred percent until I got a new contract, I would hold yeah. out. And that might piss off a bunch of you know armchair fans who say, "Oh, you should just play for the love of the game." Fuck that. He is the eleventh highest paid defensive player on our roster. He is performing at an all-pro and Pro Bowl level. He is he is one of the two vocal leaders on this defensive team besides, besides Kevin Byard. And I think he deserves at least $20 million a year. I, I genuinely well, believe that. Well, he's top, he's top five, five player ago, in the NFL in defense. Yeah. I mean, and you keep in mind, five years ago to this to yesterday, I believe, is when Aaron Donald said he would hold out until he got a new contract. Now, that may have little to no bearing of fruit or whatever or what have you. And, you know, Jeffrey Simmons was at Von Miller's pass rush summit, you know, the meeting that they all do. They get together and share their tips and pros, and he loves the game. He just does he, – he knows what he's worth, and I respect it. I would hold out if I were him, and I would, I would say, look, I want to be here. I think Jeffrey Simmons wanted to be in Tennessee more than A.J. Brown did, obviously, because A.J. Brown was putting on this huge fugazi that he wanted to stay and all this. He wanted to be a Titan for life. And then his best friend Jalen Hurts calls him up, who can't throw for more than 3,000 yards in a football season, 17 games, calls him up and says, hey, come on down to Philadelphia. And so I think A.J. blackballed his way out of the Tennessee organization to get to Philadelphia, where he's going to enjoy little to no success in that passing offense. And then where you have Jeffrey Simmons, who probably loves Vrabel. And they probably love each other because they're defensive guys. And they're just freaks. So, you know, if I'm Jeffrey Simmons, I'm not worried about it because I, I'm way more, way more, you know, excited about Jeffrey Simmons getting his contract than A.J. Brown because we traded A.J. Brown. We traded his what we would have had to have paid him. And we flipped that into a rookie contract, which – ultimately created over more space in the long term and cap terms. And I think Jeffrey Simmons will command that 20 – instead of spending $20 million on A.J. Brown, would you rather have spent $20 million on Jeffrey Simmons is basically what I'm trying to say. And if you asked me that question, I would have told you Jeffrey Simmons. Jeffrey Simmons is more valuable to this team than A.J. Brown was. Yeah. So that's uh, where I am. I, 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 I could agree with that. I mean – if if they would have paid AJ Brown twenty million dollars, I would get the bag because you know we're about to be out of the quarterback contract after next year, most likely. So we could have done it, but let's not dwell on the past. You know, let's move on. AJ Brown's not a Titan anymore, but uh, I think Jefferson is a long term Titan. You know, I said the same thing about AJ Brown, so it, it it does concern me. But at the same time, I really like you said. I just feel like this is such a defensive centric franchise. They're going to make it happen. And they're going to pay the man. He's going to be a Titan for life, at least a Titan for the next five to seven years. Now it's time for Talking Two Tones Fan of the Week. All right, as we talked about earlier, we have uh, Roger Fountain coming on. He is the expert in film and digital media. Uh, he's going to give us a lot of takes. Uh, going forward here, I think your guys are going to really enjoy him. He is uh, really smart in this industry, knows his movie stuff. He is actually the executive producer of Darking Media. It's a production company that he owns. Um, he has a TikTok page as well. Uh, it's, it's called Darking Media as well. It's just the same. It's D-A-R-K-I-N-G Media. Uh, he has a lot of cool videos and content on the TikTok page where he uh, rates movies and uh, he, he shows you what you should be watching. And uh, you, I think you guys really enjoy it. So go check that out, subscribe, or follow whatever it is on TikTok these days. Um, it's Darking Media, like I said. Uh, now, Roger, we're happy to have you on, buddy. And uh, let's get this going. It's uh, great to be here, Ty. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me. Asher, you as well. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I love you guys' podcast. I listened to the uh, I listened to a couple of episodes. I think like uh, last week uh, or the week before, so whatever the previous one was, when you guys started talking about 
uh, Peaky Blinders. I uh, stopped listening right before that because, like, I haven't seen any of it, and so I'm just like oh, spoilers. Yeah, so oh, man. but I listened up until then. It's uh, it's pretty entertaining. Yeah, did you hear my part about the whole Colts plane crashing and killing all the players? Yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. And I, uh, I I enjoyed that quite a bit. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna double I'm gonna double down on that. I still stand by that comment. I don't care. Uh, but yeah. you know, Ro- Roger, we got we got a we got a couple of talking points with you. One one thing I kind of wanted to uh, to open it up with, you know. Tyler mentioned to me that you lived in the Nashville area for a good portion. Um, did you ever have any encounters with Titans players, like while you were there? Yes. Um, so I worked. Uh, I lived in the uh, 12 South area of Nashville, which is like, I mean, obviously South, um, but like you know, it's past like Broadway. It's like I would say a more gentrified area of Nashville. Um, but I worked at this little breakfast place called Fenwick's 300. Shout out to the Finney fam. Um, and this dude would, this guy came in and like, whatever. I remember he ordered like a steak and eggs, a side of fruit, I think some avocado, uh, iced coffee. And he tipped about 20%. I was like, whatever. <laughs> and then one of the, one of my other regulars who is a, uh, oh my God, he was a robotics expert or something or a missile defense guy. I can't remember. Um, but anyways, he lived like right next to him. He's, you know who that was? I was like, no, he's like, this is Derek Henry. I'm like, I don't know who Derek Henry is. <laughs> what a name drop. Yeah, <laughs> drop on the podcast. <laughs> just, I was like, I don't know who Derek Henry is. Nothing. Yeah, he was massive. He was though, like right? huge guy. He's huge, huge. I mean, yeah. So we have there was another guy that was a regular of mine. Um, his name was Jeff. I don't remember what his last name was, but he Simmons? was no. It's an older player. So okay. he uh he was on Dan Marino's team for the Dolphins or whatever. He played like in the eighties. Oh, cool. Um. And so, like, when he told me that, it's just, I mean, it's this buff, bald guy that would come in, and he, like, runs, like, a trucking company. And he was like, yeah, I used to play for the Dolphins. I was like, what are you talking about? And then I looked him up, and it was, like, the same, it was the same version of him, but, like, with hair. It was hilarious. But anyways, (laughs) yeah, Derek Henry was super nice, man. Very, very polite. Like, he didn't go out of his way to, like, say anything bad or whatever. He was, like, very quiet, kept to himself. But, yeah, he lived, like, (laughs) right down the street from me. And from what I, because well, he lived, he had an apartment there. I don't know if he stayed there full time, but um, he had an apartment, like a, a nice dog. Yeah, he was a, he was a nice guy. Yeah, I, I, so I don't have any very kind of really same kind of guy. Very chill, yeah. Yeah, he is. So I, I actually, I've met Derek, and well, I didn't meet him, but you know, I pissed next to him in the <laughs> same bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it? it was this. It was the summer after his rookie year. <laughs> no, I wouldn't have won that contest. I, I was gonna say, what, did it like leak out? Like leak out over the urinal, like overshadow you, oh shadow you like an old clock? <laughs> no, no. This is this is when uh, Demarco Murray was the starting back, and this is right after Derek's rookie year. Oh, so yeah, super early. He he was back in Tuscaloosa, and he was working out. And uh, I went to uh, this bar called Moe's Barbecue, and and downtown tuscaloosa kind of and i was mm. there with my older brother and his girlfriend at the time and derek walks in and he comes down and he sits down and eats and gets a barbecue sandwich and some macaroni and cheese and he, then he goes right into the bathroom and so i was like you know what fuck it i kind of had this too <laughs> so, I, did, so I, I did the same go, thing with jeff goldblum go ahead <laughs> so i walked back there and i'm like you know derek in a couple of years this league's gonna be yours he said you know derek i bought your jersey as soon as you got drafted to the titans i'm a huge tennessee titans fan obviously i'm a bama alum now but i was in college then i said derek i go here tennessee's my favorite team you're gonna take over the league and about when you get your chance and he said thanks man i appreciate that Aww. And then he, he finished pissing, and then he left. And then... <laughs> he he shook your dick, and then he left, right? <laughs> uh, how did you not, not tell me to that say. story? I've told you that story. Yeah, I haven't heard that. That's crazy. Have... But started, have... guess, the good content started coming out. Have you? I do not remember <laughs> yeah. that at all. Okay, maybe I'm going crazy. Oh, yeah. It's... That's awesome, though. Should have got him to sign my dick. <laughs> <laughs> would, there, would there have been enough room? Probably no, not. no, they're definitely not. No, <laughs> microscopic pants. Okay, uh, moving on. on. <laughs> <laughs> we could talk about peckers all day if you guys want to, but uh, if you, if you want to move on here, I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's all Hollywood is, baby. It's about right. swinging uh, dicks. Yeah, 
that's a great, great intro to this. We um we talked about your life in Nashville with now and a little backstory. Me and Roger are good friends from this was really little and he's one of my best friends in my whole life. I love Roger. So Same. that just goes back to the just want to mention that before we go on. But um you you had your life in Nashville, but you've moved to uh Hollywood to pursue what you love. And um we just wanna know what it's like working in the film and media industry. Yeah. So um let me, it kind of, uh, the position that I'm in right now kind of relates to football. So did you guys, and movies and sort of the mesh of the two, did you guys see uh, the movie Concussion with uh, Will Smith pre-slap? pre, pre, yes. pre slap? Mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. So the movie, the study that that movie is based off of, like the doctor that did all the like study on CRT and stuff, that's the guy that I work for now. I'm a video editor for their content or whatever. We just hit a million followers on Instagram. And I think we're at like one and a half million on TikTok. YouTube's a slower audience. They're not quite, (laughs) there aren't many millennials on YouTube anymore. It's all Gen Zers and stuff. So it's hard to have intelligent or long form conversations on there (laughs) and get it to pop. Uh, But yeah, so that's the guy that I work for. And it's like, man, the stories he had about (laughs) just, um, fucking roger goodell in the nfl he's like it's they would put like little helmets on top of mice and have them run into each other and then they would scan they would give them like an mri and they're like oh their brains are fine he's like that's mice mice of mice and men mice and men are not the same thing <laughs> uh, yeah that makes sense Man, I mean, it's, a, it's pretty crazy, a mouse though, brain yeah. to that's a human a great... brain yeah yeah so like i mean uh there's so many examples i would say like ben roethlisberger would be a big example of like yes of how (laughs) like it's very i mean obviously we can be quick to judge terrible terrible fucking things i feel like wasn't there like a viral video of some dude like throwing his girlfriend through like a fucking tv or something recently ray rice hit hit that girl with a one-two combo yes that's what it was so like as many times as they get their like head hit like some of the work that we do highlights like the anterior cingulate gyrus and the basal ganglia and the stuff that gets inflamed after multiple like concussions and stuff that pretty much are mood regulators and stabilizers and help with like logic and like the prefrontal cortex which is like the brain's break which can tell you before you do an action that it's going to have terrible consequences is kind of, and kind of let you like stop saying things that you're not supposed to say or doing things that you're not supposed to do. And so these guys in this profession, like, I mean, they get hit a lot. <laughs> like uh, you have to really know, like recognize that and counterbalance it as much as I hate, as much as I fucking dislike Tom Brady. <laughs> uh he eats virtually like perfectly, like his diet's fantastic and whatever. He's a quarterback, right? Yeah. So it's a position that, yeah, you get like hit, but you don't get hit like every single fucking play a large amount. Apparently, I think the ones that have the most brain damage are like linemen stuff, even like ones yeah. that get like the little hits, like thousands and thousands of micro hits is like worse for you, apparently. But yeah, Man, yeah, that's the, the dark- first thing that goes away when I get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> it's inhibitions, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so the dude that I work for, he's, uh, I mean, he works with fucking, uh, he's Miley Cyrus and Justin Bieber's like doctor. He's kind of the reason Justin Bieber got away with all that shit. You remember when he was in court and he was like, I do not recall. I do not recall. Yeah. PP so, and buckets and driving fast up and down the interstate. Yeah. He's acting it, like a little hooligan. Yes. And so he went to see the doctor that I work for and he started like taking his meds and like sleeping in the hyperbaric chamber or whatever. And now he's like, whatever, back on top, whatever, however, wherever the fuck he was, he's somewhere. I know people still like him for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> like Harry yeah. Styles. Yeah. Fever, yeah. fever. You're not a, you're not yeah. a believer. You're not a believer. I'm a fuck believer. No, Jesus Christ. Okay. I'm, a, I'm not a Miley Cyrus. The, actually, Miley Cyrus <laughs> is pretty cool. Cyrus the virus, baby. Oh God. But yeah, the, uh, he also treated uh, Mike. I just saw Mike Tyson uh, on Jimmy Kimball. He's uh, Mike Tyson's one of his patients, a couple of boxers. Muhammad Ali was one of his patients. Yeah, you know, he's dealt with, like, some some high-profile athletes. Um, so let, cool. Yeah, I'm trying to think of all the ones that we've shot. I'm going to pull up their YouTube here and see which ones I worked on. Because I know I've worked with a couple of NBA stars, a couple of Olympians, and uh, I think one football player. Let me see here. 
Tell me it's not Trent Dilfer or Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. Oh my God, no, no. I <laughs> whatever. Like the more famous they are, the more I want to meet them. You know, I don't care if it's if they're famous or infamous. You know. <laughs> All my friends hate Trent Dilfer. All your friends. <laughs> yeah, that's like a going uh, thing. Let's... Asher hates those two. Yeah, I'd I say. Do. Oh, what's his face? Uh, oh yeah. So we moved out here from Nashville. Um, and so, you know, we like, uh, we never went to a Titans game. Unfortunately, we went to multiple predators games. So this was back whenever predators made the Stanley cup run. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 2017. Um, Yeah. 2017. So fucking, we went to like, I don't know. No, we didn't get a playoff game tickets. We had multiple people who went to the fucking playoff games. And so we would like watch it or whatever. And so whenever it got to, it got to one game and, um, Freaking what's his face? Uh for the penguins. What's the worst motherfucker for the penguins? Sidney Crosby. Crosby, thank Sydney you. Crosby. Fucking Crosby, man. So he had a shot on our goal and it bounced off a Pecorine and it went into the goal and went into the goal and the refs counted it. That's like that's a point. That's a point for the penguins. I'm like, all right, whatever. And so Suban, PK Suban, back when he played for the Preds, he's coming in from the other side and knocks it off of the penguins goalie and into the goal. Same fucking play, same fucking thing ha- happened, same outcome. And the refs were like, nope, that doesn't count. I was like, okay, so Pittsburgh just has more money. And so now I don't even watch like championship level sports because I'm like, <laughs> it's whatever's going to get the most tourism, whatever's going to sell the most merch. So, um, but that we was almost. Sidney Crosby's first, right? Was it his first Stanley Cup? What, no. Was it Asher? Well, or he already no. had a couple before then. Oh, He's got a couple. He also has like 60 concussions. <laughs> yeah. That 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 I believe, Jesus Christ. He is not like he is not very well liked in the NHL community. I can tell you that he gets fucking he rocked. But he Sub- gets abs- He gets rocked. Subban is hated for some reason. Oh, really? Like, that's interesting. Subban's really nice. That's surprising. He's a nice me. guy. Yeah, he's a nice guy, but everybody just hates him for some reason. I don't know. I love Subban. I have one of his jerseys. But, but yeah, I know. like Subban. Um, but, I know, like- it's, he said he's married to Lindsey Vaughn. I think. Oh man! Oh, really? Yeah, he's got a, yeah smoking hot wife. <laughs> yeah, smoking hot. But you know that that kind of you know transitioning now. I've been I've been heated for ninety percent of the day. All right, and oh, wow. I want I want to reiterate this. <laughs> I've been waiting seventy fuck or seventeen fucking years. I've oh, been waiting. God. To see Obi Wan Kenobi and Hayden oh, Christensen God. on the goddamn screen. <laughs> All right, I've been waiting seventeen years. Oh, seventeen man. years. I was nine years old the last time we got to see them. Nine. And nine when the you, third one came out, episode yeah, three, Revenge of, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, yes. I was, I was a little older years. than nine. Well, let me tell you, that was seventeen years ago. I just turned twenty-six, so I might have been ten. Who knows, Matt? But anyhow, <laughs> I am. I am so angry about this this show, and I don't. And I and, and there are a lot of reasons why. But mm-hmm. I, at the same time, I'm angry at myself for buying into this shit that Disney puts out there. All right, and here's why. <laughs> here's why. Every show that they put out has, in some way, shape, or another, been the exact same plot. In some way, shape, or another, there's always a kid that gets kidnapped. Mm-hmm. There's always a fucking sympathetic droid that everybody starts to feel bad for and learns and grows to love. There's always a hero who emerges and he's like, all right, we got to go save this kid. And then there's always an old foe that the hero has to go against. And then there are some other characters that are introduced. And then you're thinking, okay, wow, let's get this, let's get this show rocking. And then you're like, then there's a whole episode of where the main character isn't even in the show. And then they just develop the, the side characters to the point to where they are so ungodly over the top unbearing that the show dominates that they dominate the show. Like, I don't even know why you called it a Kenobi show because all you did was have Reva and fucking Leia on the screen. And like Luke isn't important. It's not like his grandma got raped and killed on this planet. And it's not like his, his father was sold into slavery from the Tuscan Raiders who were a constant threat on the fucking planet. It's not like Constantly. he finds both of their corpses or anything. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it, it, you know, it makes no sense that Luke's just abandoned until so the very last 10 minutes of the episode. And then you're just thinking to myself, Spoilers. I'm just, I'm just thinking to myself, you just spent $125 million on this show 
to just ultimately say, all right, we're going to make a Reva and Leia show. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, Hayden Christensen is on the screen for maybe two minutes, <laughs> maybe, uh-huh. maybe two minutes. And they went on this massive marketing ploy. Yes. They're saying, we're bringing him back. We're bringing him back. And then what the fuck is that? But that's the point. And let me, let me break this down for you. So you have some pretty broad strokes of story structure there, but. In its basic, in its basis form, Disney is very formulaic. It's always going to have X, Y, and Z. Like you said, the character like, uh, like Mandalorian, for example, was like kind of like a new protagonist, and then like, yeah, he rescues like the little, little baby creature. In this case, Baby Yoda or whatever, and then you introduce all the side characters and <clears throat> flesh it out from there. So, Disney's all strategy disney is all a money making machine so yes they had a crazy media blitz saying uh whatever hayden christensen was going to be back even though it was ever so briefly he was there at every fucking promo for it i'm sure and so that's why they called the show obi-wan as well because everybody wanted to see more obi-wan stuff how much so like whenever they introduce side characters and like you say it basically becomes their show that's the point because they can sell all of that new character shit. Like, how much Baby Yoda shit have you seen? That's my thing True. that bothers me. True. Like, I understand that. It, I understand that it happens. Like, I agree with you, but it yeah. bothers it's me. It's just bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a bunch of bullshit because yeah. like you had a gold mine of opportunity. There's so much unwritten stuff between episode three and four that they could have explored. Like, you could Vader was on screen for maybe ten minutes. Hayden Christensen was yeah. on screen for like two. And then you have Obi-Wan basically being forced to take a backseat to Reva and Leia. And then Luke, the other twin that Obi-Wan's supposed to watch over at Revenge of the Sith. You, you, don't, you don't see Luke hardly at all. And then, you also, you know, at the end of Revenge of the Sith, you're like, oh, Tatooine, on Tatooine, I have some training for you to commute with your old master. Yes, the that shit bothers me. Yeah. And then there's, you see Qui-Gon and like, ah, yeah, I guess we got to like two seconds. At the, yeah, at the very end. I will say this. It could have been a movie. It could have just been. It could have just been a movie. Which, with the budget of 127 million, it should have just been a movie because that's like one fucking episode of Stranger Things. Yeah, it, yeah, it could have been a movie. Hmm. But also, I will say this: if they leave it in only one season, it was a giant catastrophe. A giant um, catastrophe. They might leave it at one season. So let me ask you this: How many shows take place between episode two and episode three? Ah, uh, the Clone Wars TV show. The they, whole yes. Clone Wars. Clone Wars, Clone Wars Rebels, the animated yeah. Tarkovsky or whatever version yeah, of the yeah. Clone Wars. With Asajj so, Ventress and, and Anakin, yeah. And that was good so, stuff. And, bad, like, bad. So there's like at least at least four shows between episode two and three. You don't think that they can squeeze four shows between episode three and episode four. So this show might have been setting up uh, Leia and what's her face? Because you know, yeah, they like you said, they could have had a shit ton of payoff for this one show, but it's Disney. They're gonna milk that fucking bad boy. They bought Star Wars for four billion dollars, the same amount of money that they bought Marvel for. And Disney recycles, Disney reuses, Disney expands. You know, they don't fucking throw away anything. And so what they they're ruining the quality of the show. <laughs> well, and that's why they add all the side characters and stuff is to try to get you interested. So I guarantee you they're going to come out with a little Leia show and they're probably going to come out with a little Luke show which is going to have him hunting down the Tusken Raiders or fighting them and shit as a child. You know whenever he says he's like, "Oh, they're about the size of swamp rats on whatever the fuck." Yeah. <laughs> whenever he's like shooting them about roughly the size of 2 meters like, you know, he's going to have some time to shine. I don't know if they'll bring if they have the budget to bring freaking um uh, Ewan McGregor back for that. But uh, that's at least two shows right there, and probably a third one star on what's her face, the new Sith lady, the third sister. Reva. The, what the yes, fuck? Reva. <laughs> She's a fu- what the fuck, man? What the fuck? If I'm just, I wanted to watch I'm just a Reva. What's gonna happen? <laughs> I know, I know, and that's the most frustrating thing to me is that I just bought into this. You know, I waited 17 goddamn years to watch a fucking show about Obi Wan Kenobi <laughs> and, and and Hayden Christensen and, and you know Obi Wan you and McGregor, and this is what I get. I get two minutes of Hayden Christensen about. You know, attack of the clone sparring session, and then you get right. Darth Darth Vader staring out into space for like seven minutes, and <laughs> hey. then you get two two battles. You know, I think you can't get to stop. You can't get to stop this point, That's fine. You, yeah, I'm on a tangent. I'm <laughs> go ahead. I've been, I'll circle back. I've, I've been heated. I've been heated. So, I can tell. If you got hate in your heart, brother, let it out. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. If they don't give me an R-rated Vader spinoff movie, I'm just gonna have a fucking comic park. That's not going to happen. Not Disney. Like, 
no, PG fourteen. I'll settle for. But I, I'm, I'm I'm just so angry that they ended it on the Qui Gon thing. Like, where was that yeah. the whole fucking series? That's yeah. what he he had two jobs. Yoda gave him two fucking jobs, none of which involved going to save the the girl that can outrun three guys, three grown <laughs> men. And that force, uh, yeah. Uh, those are the most out of shape. By the way, Flea can run faster than that. Come on, I've seen him on stage. He can run faster. I'm kidding, I haven't, but yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming he can run faster. There's just so many massive plot holes. It's like unbelievable. It's like, it, what, what, you know, I get the quippy little, you know, tangents that you fill back in from, you know, hello there when he says yes. that's General Grievous. Yeah, that was Everybody cool loves when he that shit. That yeah. yeah. Everybody loves it. And they're like, oh, okay, maybe this will change the overall point of view of the show. I mean, it's show. done at that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, and then you get Qui-Gon, you know, he doesn't even talk like Qui-Gon. He talks like, you know, he's in Taken. It's like, uh, I was going to say, he talks like Liam Neeson and they, I don't, I want to know how much they paid him for that because I love, I love Liam Neeson, but like they asked him, they're like, when are you going to stop doing these terrible fucking action movies? He's like, whenever they stop paying me. So I want to yeah. know what Disney paid him to, uh, to yeah. do that. But <laughs> you know, your spinoff, just... your Darth Vader movie isn't a bad idea, but they're going to have to do it while James Earl Jones is still alive. First of all, I'm glad they brought him back to do the voice. Um, and I think, like, I mean, they could put it in, like, uh, so he was in Rogue One briefly at the end, right? So they could do, yeah, like, another... Yeah, ruthless. ruthless. Yes, which was awesome, dude. Throwing him up on the ceiling, all that stuff was incredible. And him catching... There were some good Vader moments in this, too, I thought. Him catching the spaceship with the Force or whatever and pulling it yeah. down. Like yeah. he did on uh, Force Unleashed, but it was a, an Imperial Star Destroyer on that one because that the Force powers were just amped up to hell and back. Um, yeah. And I thought the the face, the mask getting Tyler, you haven't seen it. We're spoiling we're spoiling this for everybody. <laughs> I don't watch any Star very, Wars, so I mean, I don't very know similar to Ahsoka, very similar to the Ahsoka fighting rebels. Yes, well, I'm excited about the uh, Ahsoka series. But anyways, like whenever he gets his face, his mask cut in half, and it has like half Hayden voice, half yeah. uh, that was Vader awesome. Voice. That was great. And I love that part. I, I wanted to see more of that and less yeah. of a bunch of just filler shit. You know, it, it just, it, it bothers yes, it was, me. It was filler stuff. It Like, you know, you get to see like, you know, I'm getting into the symbolism of it. Like you see Anakin trying to break through there in that scene. You see him. Yes, literally. You see him. Visually, you see yeah. Anakin, Anakin is trying to break through there and he just, Vader just suppresses him down. And you know he's okay. trying to give he's trying to give Obi Wan his closure. You know that you didn't yeah. do this, and yeah. then Vader comes in and says, "I did it." So he really got closure from both Anakin and Vader. And you know it it just goes back to show you know what this show could have been like if it had been. There are points of absolutely brilliant writing in that show. Yeah, points. yeah. See, if it would have it's, just been a movie, it would have been fine. But like you said, they dragged it out or whatever just so they could like keep up Disney plus subscriptions and stuff for how many episodes was it? Six, 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 weeks. six weeks. If people would have signed on for a trial for one week, just to watch one movie. Yes. They, they would have been screwed. So they need to like drag it out more visually. I mean, obviously the effects are great, but a lot of the shots were just like handheld. So like, I can see that that's where they sacrificed uh, some of their budget stuff there. Uh, yeah. I'm sure they just reused whatever the, uh, the dome that they used in the Mandalorian, which I, I love so much. All concept. right. Well, uh, we've we've talked. Asher, let's let's get off this tangent. And get let's not get so mad at Star Wars anymore. Okay? I know. I can talk about Star Wars too. So, <laughs> <laughs> but we want to get on to the point of greedy what, little fucking mouse. Everybody, everybody likes a good list, though, right? Everybody likes a good list, and yes. we got we got to get the movie guys' um, preferences here. So, Raj, hey, we talked about it earlier. So, what's your top three movies? We should see that recently released or is releasing in the coming months. What, what right. is something that's pretty new or going to be coming out that we should be seeing? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you uh, two that are out and one that I am looking on the horizon for. So first off, the best movie of this year so far, and one of it might be one of my top ten movies. It's really fucking good. Um, Everything, everywhere, all at once. If you haven't seen that, it's a much better multiverse movie than <laughs> Doctor Strange. And I like Doctor Strange. And I like Sam Raimi, and that's a really fun movie. But this one has like such uh, such emotional ties, and like the structure is really original. And like, yeah, it's just it's it's a the way it's cut together and everything. It's it's a must see. The characters are great. Yeah. It's um the dude uh, that played Short Round on Indiana Jones. It's like. 
his comeback into uh, modern cinema, however old he is now. He does a great job. And, like, the fight scene and choreography are fantastic. So, yeah, everything, everywhere, all at once. If you get a chance, watch that. Second one, second favorite this year would probably probably be The Northman, um, which is the director. Yeah. Did you did you watch it? I have. Yeah, well, what'd you think? It was good. Um, it's a little long, of course, yeah. but it was good. It is a little yeah, long. No, all yeah. Those, yeah. Uh, it, for some it, reason, it, you can't make a 90-minute movie anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the deal is. Like, You have to make an appointment to watch any of these, especially like these mob-type movies or drama. If it's a drama oh, yeah. movie, it's a three-hour. You know, it's just, you're just going to be sitting there for 180 minutes. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I it's thing. been... Uh, it's been that way since um, Godfather, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there, yeah. there's so much to do in those movies. So much yes. to do. So many other little like side characters and stuff. Because you got to build them up. Like if you're gonna have so mob movies are pretty much like if you're gonna build a character up and like have the audience establish a relationship with them. Not only a relationship to him, but also the main character. And so you have these little satellites. You know, if you're gonna kill the main character off, you got to like have a justification. It's probably gonna happen towards the end of the movie. But the side characters you can kill off like two-thirds of the way through to provide a motivation for like a different hit. And so structurally, those have a lot of ground to cover. And so you need uh, – sometimes the three hours is a necessity of that. I think Scorsese was probably the one that popularized that or whatever. Like Goodfellas, Wolf of Wall Street, um, Casino, like the uh, Raging Bull, like, oh, uh, freaking Taxi Driver. Like those movies are just long as shit. Like, <laughs> and they're old too. Like they've been long since like the early 80s or whatever, you know. But back in the day, right. this is a mentality that we need to get get out of is uh, so movie movie tickets are kind of they're expensive, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, especially, especially in this economy, like it's it's pretty expensive to go to the movies. Um, so, you need to get it out of your head of value for your money. You know what I'm saying? So if some people go to the movies and if it's not three hours, if it's not the newest Marvel movie, that's two and a half at least or whatever. And it's a 90 minute movie. They're going to feel gypped for some reason, you know? Yeah. Instead of quality. Yeah. I, I, I get that. I, I, that's how I feel about movies. Like I don't care how long they are. As long I just as want it to be they, good. I want it to accomplish everything that, that I, you know, kind of want it to accomplish. Which Star right. Wars did not do, but that's, that <laughs> all right, well, let's stay away from that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the Northman Robert Eager's movie um, was fantastic. <laughs> uh, obviously, the worst movie of like the last five years has got to be like Morbius. Yeah, that, that was. I've heard. I haven't seen it. I've heard it was horrible. They re-released it right and like lost a bunch of money. Literally because it's a fucking joke. Yes, <laughs> like it's just like goes nowhere. It was it was just a mess. Like the best way to put it is a mess. But the one that I'm looking forward to that hasn't come out yet, I think it's coming out real soon, two weeks, couple weeks, is uh, Nope, um, Jordan Peele's new mm-hmm. movie. I'm a big Jordan Peele fan, so I'm excited for that. I haven't seen like the second trailer. Like I like watching the first trailer for a movie and then no more because I don't want to see anything else. I want to get like what the tone is and then i'm good like i don't want to know anything else like because my mind always works like okay well this is going to happen in the first 15 minutes and then this is going to happen and this is going to set up for the third act and then the finale is going to be this and i hate that so that's i'm like i gotta just watch watch one or see a couple of stills and like be done with it prime example i'm pumped for the barbie movie (laughs) yeah barbie movie oh man yeah yeah. <laughs> Hello, Barbie. Let's go party. Yes. I, just I like how saturated water. the colors look. Oh, my God. I'd rather give me fucking AIDS. You're, talk, you're talking about... Uh, <laughs> you're talking about Ryan Gosling, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. It's the washboard abs that I drink drink off of. Oh my God. What? I want, to be waterboarded. I want to be waterboarded out of those abs. <laughs> all right roger your top three movies regardless of genre let's go top three movies of like all time um, all time let's see i would say so these uh, I, I don't know if i would say they're my personal favorite but i'm gonna say these are the top three movies that everybody should watch just to know like what can be accomplished uh as far as composition goes script writing and like emotional um extraction in your audience goes so top one 
I already mentioned the Godfather, so Godfather's on that list. Just the editing and stuff. Have you have both of you guys seen the Godfather? Of course. Tyler. Of course. I've I've got to say I haven't seen the Godfather. I know it's yeah. bad. I know it's bad. <laughs> I, it's I fine. I just don't want to like ruin anything too much. But yeah, Al Pacino, Marlon Brando. I think Robert De Niro's in that too, right? Am I wrong? Yeah, yeah, I think he is as well. Um, it was it, Marlon Brando though was absolutely incredible in that movie. Yeah, and like just uh, that script is so. I mean, it's a long movie, but all those characters have like enough time on screen that you really get attached to all of them. And the scene that I'm thinking of in particular is like the revolving door scene slash uh, the christening scene. Whenever both of those things are happening simultaneously, or at least that's the way the audience is perceived, the cutting there is just phenomenal. And the theming is like, you know, the beginning of life and like also the taking of a life or whatever, you know, it, beginning to end. It's just, it's beautiful. Um, second one. Marlon Brando I, was humping everybody. On a nice stock context, there he was just humping everybody. You need to look that up if you haven't noticed. Everybody, anything you had to pull, Marlon Brando was humping. Go ahead, Ron. Oh my God, really? No, I don't. It's the mustache is what it is. It's uncontrollable <laughs> power. It is the mustache. That's why I'm got a mustache right now. Actually, <clears throat> go ahead, Roger. Uh, <laughs> he was also in a streetcar named Desire, and he did a really good job in yes. that. So we're going back a little bit further to black and white movies. Obviously, this one's been like on the top. For top list forever is uh, Citizen Kane. If you haven't seen yeah. Orson Welles, Citizen Kane, that's Rosebud. Rosebud. See, you know that. Have you have you both seen it? Yeah, I had to watch it. Yeah, in class. See, so Tyler doesn't even know like the significance of Rosebud and like it represents like childhood innocence and like the every everything that every modern man is trying to get back to. That movie is like the perfect synopsis of the american dream and like what can be accomplished hmm. and like how hollow you'll still feel even with all the money in the world like that movie is just freaking great not to mention like a constant the, struggle to tap into nostalgia as well to get yes. back to that place of innocence yes and like um just the shots in that like um i think orson Welles did this i can't remember whenever kurosawa kurosawa came out with stuff but having multiple things in the frame in focus and like basically telling like four stories at once, even though you have a stationary shot, it's yeah. just something that was at the time was just unheard of. And also like shooting upwards and actually having a ceiling and not shooting on a sound stage and using realistic lighting and shadows and developing that drama instead of just having it look everything look like I love fucking Lucy or whatever. <laughs> like, you know, it's just, it's really good. <laughs> it's good yeah. stuff. Uh, the third one. Before you go into number three, uh, before you yeah, go into number three, Raj, what if talking about. Black and white movies. What what about the uh, the Lou Gehrig movie? Is it Pride of the Yankees? You've seen it? I That's have like not, my favorite no. old, old movie. What, right, Asher, what's the movie called? Am I misquoting that name? Um, no, I think I know what you're talking about. It's like when it, when he gets ALS and it's like horribly That's a, depressing. Yeah. It's a great movie, Roger. Hmm, no, I haven't. Yeah, um, it, it was, yeah, I think, it was I think filmed it like in 1945 right. or 46. No, really? It's a good we, I will, anyway, We'll go come back. We'll talk about the greatest sports movie after I say the third one. Um, okay. So third one is, uh, for me, would be 2001 Space, Space Odyssey, Stanley Kubrick. And that's just an accomplishment um, of, of, like, framing and symmetry and just thematic things and how much ground. you. He literally, like, covers the beginning of time to the end of time in one movie. And like the evolution of intelligence and weaponry and technology and ambition and like it's just it's just crazy. I mean, it's like one of those. It's like the most epic movie ever. And it came out way ahead. I think it came out ahead of Star Wars. I'm pretty sure. I need to, might need to fact check myself on that. Um, but it came out 2001: A Space Odyssey. That's in between um, Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. <laughs> no, no. The name of it is 2001: A Space Odyssey. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. It, it, it came out in like 1970 something. Let me. Uh, 1968. It came out in 1968. Yeah, yeah. That's before Star Wars. So yeah. Star Wars was 77. Yeah. So a lot of the like miniature usage and special effects, as far as like lasers and lighting and stuff goes, came from this movie that Star Wars utilizes to great effect. Um, and yeah, I mean, everybody knows the the how thing. Like you could used to talk on your iPhone. You'd be you'd say Siri, open the pod bay doors, and you'd do it enough, and she would be like, "I'm sorry, I can't do that." And that was a 2001 Space Odyssey reference. But anyways, really, really great movie. So yeah, what's what's your guys' favorite sports movie? 
favorite sports movie of Ooh. all time. Jeez Louise. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, there's That's like tough. no real wrong answer here. Like, we can go from yeah. everywhere. We can go from like Happy Gilmore. <laughs> I love to, Happy uh, Gilmore. I love Happy Gilmore too. And we go from there to like uh, the first Rocky, you know, like it's just huge. Does it have to be like an entirely based sports or can I, can I separate the categories into documentaries and actual movies? Oh, yeah. Either way, documentaries are cool. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to go Strokes of Genius for documentary, the match between Rafa and Roger. Uh, tennis at Wimbledon when Nadal kind of came onto the scene. It's the greatest tennis match ever played. Oh yeah. Far. Yeah. Roger Federer was in his absolute the goat. prime. He's not, he's not the, he's not the goat anymore. Um, so he, Williams he, is the goat baby. I'm kidding. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But like if that match, like the, the lead up to that match, the anticipation was out. It, it's the greatest tennis match of ever, of all play ever played of all time. I've got the autograph sports illustrated magazine. Of, oh, of wow. like of that yeah oh, I got from both Roger and Rafa in my desk uh, in my in my room it's pretty really really one of the coolest things I own that's amazing but like yeah I've got that one is my favorite documentary it's called Strokes of Genius if you haven't seen it it's really really good um, I've got that is my favorite sports doc if I'm gonna go favorite nice. sports movie of all time it's got to be either Moneyball or Draft Day ooh, ooh I haven't seen good. Draft Day Kevin Costner Draft, yeah great movie Kevin Costner. Wow, how did I miss that? Is it also a baseball movie? No, it's an NFL draft movie. Which okay. I, I'm a, I love, love the NFL draft. I love everything Sorry. about the salary cap and the NFL draft. I just love it. I'm a nerd for it. I get a hard yeah. on for it. You name it. <laughs> yeah, you statistics guys over here. You like them number crunches, huh? Oh, I fucking <laughs> love it. I fucking love it. I love Jonah Hill as well. In yes, Moneyball. love Jonah Hill. He's so, he's so funny. Yeah, Moneyball, Moneyball was pretty good. Um <laughs> definitely one one of my faves i'm a sucker for boxing movies man so like whatever warrior i know warrior's like a ufc oh, or like a yeah, that's MMA so good thing. though so yeah, good uh Tom the Hardy. fighter with christian bale and matt damon that one's that's really good great yeah, movie good guy yeah, yeah. uh tyler what's, what's your favorite i think that's so Wahlberg Wahlberg and Wahlberg and super christian skinny bale. christian bale yeah yeah, yeah. and a rex christian bale yeah uh, sports docs. Um, I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment, which really it's really about a year past. But the uh, the the Michael the the Bulls the nineties Bulls that centered on Michael Jordan last year that came out on ESPN. Oh, the uh, the Last Dance. It? The Last Dance. That was one of the best sports documentaries I've ever watched. And I have is watched it, a. Is it a movie or a series? It's a series. It was like okay. six episodes, and it just went through like Michael Jordan's struggles. Oh, well, like early in his career against the Pistons <laughs> and the Celtics, and all the way up to his championships with Dennis Rodman and the guys. It was so well written, and like I can't believe they still have all that good footage of all that. I mean, it. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, I watched it. It's it's unbelievable how footage they still had and how tied into everything there. It was awesome. But there's a bunch of memes sat on that forever. (laughs) Yeah, they did. Like they they sit on everything. (laughs) Yeah, they. They. uh, I mean, they come out after pandemic times. So (laughs) anyway. That's probably my favorite sports doc, and I love the America's teams. That it comes on uh, NFL Network. Uh, yeah, that's it, good. it highlights the Super Bowls. Of sports, I've always, always been in that. If I read a book, it's usually a sports book. But you know this, Raj. I've always been like that. So yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't if seen. I had to pick a. I haven't seen The Last Dance, but I've seen the SNL sketch making fun of The Last Dance about Michael Jordan, like, gambling away, like, that dude's clothes, like, shooting guys <laughs> yeah. in the back. I'm yeah, like, that's so hilarious. Funny. I don't even need to see the rest of it. That's great. <laughs> it's so funny. That was really good. Really well done. But um, if I had to pick a sports And you can say bring it on. I don't know. You know, I'm not saying that. That's for sure. Um this <laughs> is more nostalgia for me here on this. I, I really like the Little Giants. You know, that, that's, oh, Little Giants, great about. man. Love that movie when I was growing up. I mean, I watched it a million times. You know, I think we did at the house quite a bit. Um, but if I had to yep. look at one, Icebox is smoking. Yeah, Icebox is smoking now. It's weird. You know, it's kind of weird to feel it that way. So anyway, the Little Giants. I mean, all the Adam Sandler sports movies that came out. Do you count sports? The water, the water boy is good. Yeah, yeah, Waterboy's good, really good. But I mean, I can't really narrow it down to one. There's just so many I've seen, and I can't really come off of the top of my head. If there's any you. biopic out there that I can't think of, 
uh, that's really ones I really enjoy. So I would say Little Rascals, just, just based off nostalgia. <laughs> uh, the longest yard, what'd you guys think of that? Not the new one, not the oh, one with Adam, Burt Reynolds. Adam Sandler, Burt Reynolds. The old one, Burt Reynolds, yeah. I like it, I like it good. Favorite, favorite, favorite sports TV show, though, of all time, Friday Night Lights. Matt Saracen, the GOAT baby. I'll take Matt Saracen on Titans right now. Oh, my God. Friday Night Lights, the movie. It. That's a really good one. The Permian. Yeah, a good one. Uh, I, like the, the Friday I like the TV show better, though. I haven't, I haven't seen Black. any Friday Night Lights, I'll be honest. Lucas Black plays stuff. the main, the quarterback in that movie, Rob. The, the guy from down here. Uh, what's his? Yeah, Lucas Black. Where is his from? Summer, maybe. Oh, I got you. Yeah, so Tokyo yeah, yeah. Drift. Yeah, 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 I know you're talking about. Yeah. Um, all right, top three movies, Tyler. Top three movies of all time. And, you know, and then we'll go to I'll, Raj, and then we'll go to me, and then we can wrap this up with a pretty well, bow. Well, Raj has already did his, so. Uh, but yeah, I've, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've, um, I, I don't know, man. That's a loaded question. I'm not prepared for this question. <laughs> the movies. Um, love the green. Mm-hmm. Any time I'm gonna put up here. I love the green mile, though. We're talking about long movies. I was just gripping about it. I can watch the whole thing every time I watch it. It's so good. Um, so I really love Forrest the new Gump. Elvis movie. Oh yeah. Forrest Gump. oh yeah, I got some beef with Je- I got some beef with Jenny from Forrest Gump. Jenny, right. Jenny's a horrible. <laughs> she's a terrible person. But uh, Jenny, I love that Jenny movie. Jenny is a horrible person. Horrible. Yeah, I mean, she, she, uh, you know, she just gives the guys an age and dies. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> only now, Forrest, when I have the most incurable sexually transmitted disease known to man, will I have sex with you. And, oh, by the way, I'll come back like six months later and you'll have a – or nine months later and you're going to have a kid. It could be <laughs> six months. Phase. Jenny's got that accelerated system, you know. Yeah. She's like – she's juicy. Here's, here's your AIDS baby, Forrest. Well, also, he can two. see dead people. Go ahead, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I really can't. Uh, I don't know. What would, what would be another one that I really, really love watching? Uh, you said Green Mile. Uh, you. What about, the the thing, but... what about Shawshank? Do you like Shawshank? I love Force. Oh, absolutely. Shawshank's great. But uh, I don't want to say another Tom Hanks movie. I'm trying to think off of what I really, really have enjoyed. Oh, um. The Denzel Washington movie, Training Day. Love Training that movie. Day. I can watch that movie anytime, too. It is so good. I'll just say those three, just off the top of my head. All right. Nice. All right. Mine are pretty, mine are pretty cut and dry. Uh, I've, got, I've had this list for a while. Number one is Good Will Hunting. It's not even close. Number one is Good Will Hunting. Nice. Uh, then Great number movie. two, Great I'd movie. probably go Once, a, Once Upon a Time in the West with Charles Bronson and Henry Fonda. Ooh, and interesting. Then, yeah, then number three, I'd probably say it's a tie right now. And I go back and forth depending on the day between um, – well, see, th- this is the lo- – the number three is loaded because I could easily just move up number one from Heath Ledger's performance in The Dark Knight, just Heath Ledger, just Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight to number one. But um, <laughs> uh, number three is probably going to be um, – Interstellar. Uh, I love Interstellar. Ah. I love oh, Interstellar. See, I haven't got I into Christopher in- Nolan or the Christian. Yeah, I loved. I saw Interstellar at the NASA movie theater in in Huntsville when it came out. It Ooh, was nice. really really cool. I yeah, saw episode really cool. seven there. I think it was. I I loved Interstellar. Matthew McConaughey gave a great performance. Um, it was really good. I like that. I go between that one. I struggle between that one and. Um, uh, leaving Las Vegas with Nicolas Cage. As top, nice. Nick Cage. Yeah. Nick Cage. Yeah, Nick Cage. See, but I didn't yeah. get to get into Christopher Nolan well or the Love Chris Christopher Tarantino Nolan. movies. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, my list is jacked up. I got to give them a list and bring it back next week. <laughs> Pul- yeah, Pulp Fiction is up there, too. Yeah, I was going to say the only Django. thing. That- Django's Dang. great. Uh, do you see, do you hear about the sequel? They were going to do one. But uh, apparently they had to cut it because of budgetary reasons. And I was like, how much? Like, he fucking spent so much money shutting down multiple streets in Hollywood for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and, like, renovating renovating them to make them look like that time period. I'm like, what budget restraints does Quentin Tarantino have? <laughs> he should have none. He should let him do whatever That's he sad. wants. They need another, they need another Django. That'd be awesome. Yeah, it was, uh, I think the it was called Django Zorro. So I think it was going to be, like, 
Maybe Django meets Zoro? I don't know. But uh yeah, yeah. Rod, yeah. it's been a ton of fun. Let's we can wrap this up, buddy. We've been we've been in here what just going at it for forty eight minutes right now, Gordon Anchor. <laughs> so it's been really fun. We've really enjoyed your insight and we, we really like hearing your takes on movies and oh, anytime great talking you want to come fellas. back and, and yeah. chop it up with us, we're gonna bring you back anytime you want to. So uh Sounds we good, really man. Maybe we'll stay. <laughs> I thought for sure whenever Asher was naming his off, he was going to go. All right. I have my top three favorite right here. Episode one, episode two, <laughs> episode three. We talked about Kenobi for like 30 minutes. <laughs> but we really enjoyed it, Roger. We appreciate your time, man. Yeah, man. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Roger. Thanks. See ya. See ya. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Hello, football friends. This is Darren Hayes of the Pigskin Dispatch Podcast, and I'd like to invite you to the portal of positive football history, Pigskin Dispatch and PigskinDispatch.com. We talk about everything that centers around the game of American football, expert discussions, the origins of the games, the great players, teams, and coaches, and more, and some great guests and insights from experts. We have new episodes three to four times a week, and you can find us on SportsHistoryNetwork.com, PigskinDispatch.com, or your favorite podcast provider. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.